the psalmist calls us to worship today. Uh, psalm 87, a psalm of the sons of Korah, a song. On the holy mount stands the city he founded. The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwelling places of Jacob. Glorious things of you are spoken, O city of God, Selah. Among those who know me, I mention Rahab and Babylon, behold Philistia and Tyre with Cush. This one was born there, they say, and of Zion it shall be said, this one and that one were born in her. For the, ho the Most High Himself will establish her. The Lord records as He registers the peoples. This one was born there, Selah. Singers and dancers alike say, All my springs are in you. God, we thank you for the opportunity to be drawn into your presence today and truly to worship you as the King, the true King of all kings. God, I pray that that is not only true in theory for us, but I pray that in our hearts you do reign. And we want to lift you up and, and glorify you as we open your word now and continue to just give praise and glory to you. I pray that we will join the psalmist and join the worship leaders and the worshipers of long ago and continue to just lift up praise to you and continue to worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to join me today and open your Bible to Psalm 87. Psalm 87. Um, this is one of my favorite songs, a song of true, true celebration. Today is a day of celebration. Uh, I don't know about you, but I, I love celebrations. I mean, we're moving into a time of the year now where, you know, we'll have celebrations. And many of those celebrations that we will be enjoying uh, over the next few weeks will include family celebrations, family gatherings. Uh, I don't know of a culture around the world that doesn't have celebrations. Just about every culture or every culture I know anything about sets aside special days of the year where they come together as family and friends and join in kind of formal celebrations. I'll give you some examples. In Germany, when a child goes to school for the first day, uh, the family members join that kid in going to school for a very fun, formal kind of celebration. Uh, in South India, a family celebration across all the southern states occurs when families get out of their homes and gather around to feed wandering animals throughout the surrounding community. Uh, they place fruits and grains and various delicacies on, delicacies on banana leaves. Uh, and they go out into different parts of the, the country and feed the animals. In Japan, traditional Japanese architecture usually includes a small family altar or a room that is marked to show respect for ancestors, for those who have passed away. And every year families get together for one day to remember those ancestors. In Trinidad, once a year families visit the home of their elders. Uh, they go out for a camping adventure and simply sit around a bonfire and tell stories 
that speak of their history, their heritage, and have fun telling those stories. Grandparents often share traditional, historical folk stories about their culture. But after the storytelling session, everyone gathers together for a barbecue dinner. Yum, yum. I mean, I love the thought of that. In Australia, for example, families have a very different way of celebrating Christmas. They gather together in the afternoon hours of Christmas Day for a great big delicious seafood dinner, a celebration. Just about every culture I know anything about has certain days set aside for celebrations. I hope you're aware that today is a day of celebration in church history, in church culture. Uh, Today is significant because this is the eve of All Saints Day. All Saints Day is a day where we celebrate those who have gone before us as, as saints, those who have served as martyrs for the Christian faith, Uh, November 1st is All Saints Day, and this is the eve of All Saints Day, the eve of All Hallows Day. In other words, it's true Halloween. Also on October 31st, 1517, Martin Luther marched to the door of All Saints Church in Wittenberg and nailed his 95 Thesis to the door of the church in Wittenberg, which set off and set in place what we know as the Protestant Reformation. Today is a day of significant celebration for our faith. And Psalm 87 encourages us as believers to cry out to God in celebration. And that's why we're here today. We're here today to celebrate. And I'm extremely excited to join into the spirit and the heart of this psalmist. This psalm gives us three things to celebrate, and I briefly want us to walk through and look at them and then apply them to our daily lives for today. We read the psalm earlier, but first of all, in verses 1 through 3, we're called to celebrate the presence of God. Celebrate the presence of God. Look at verse 1. On the holy mount stands the city he founded. The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwelling places of Jacob. Glorious things of you are spoken, O city of God, Selah. Do you feel the passion that the psalmist had for Zion, for Jerusalem? Because that was the place for the psalmist where the presence of God dwelt. That was where he got excited about lifting up and giving praise to the name of God. So he proclaims in verse 1 that God laid the foundations of his holy city. His foundation is in the holy mountains. Now think with me just for a moment. Some of you have done some building. Uh, You're in uh, the business of a building or you're familiar at least with the building business. One of the most important parts of any structure, any building, is the foundation. If the foundation is not set properly, if the foundation is not secure, then when the pressure comes on that structure, what happens? It crumbles. If I don't care how beautiful it is on the outside or even on the inside. 
when pressure is applied to that structure, if it's not solidly secured on that foundation, then it's going to crumble and, and fall. Are you aware that that's true about your life as well? If your life is not firmly secure on the foundation that God has built, on the foundation of who God is, and the power of God to build a foundation in life, then when pressure comes in your life, your life most likely is going to crumble as well. The psalmist had it right. The psalmist proclaims that God laid the foundation. His foundations are in the holy mountain. The principle is this. Life starts with knowing God. See, you can be alive without living. You're not living. You're not truly living until your life is connected to God. He is the foundation for true life. And when you build a house and you build a house on a solid foundation, it will stand under pressure. When you build a life that's solidly connected to the foundation of God, your life then is secure. And it's not in jeopardy. But without God, your foundation will crumble. Your life is never complete. Without truly knowing God and living in relationship with Him and worshiping Him. So for the psalmist, Zion was a very special place. It was a part of the Jewish heritage of, of, of worship. Israel, listen to this now. Israel did absolutely nothing to deserve their position with God. They didn't earn it. They didn't deserve it. In fact, they were the least of the least of the nations when God chose Abraham and pulled him out and formed the nation of Israel around Abraham. Why did God choose Israel? Because he wanted to. (laughs) That's the only answer. It was his sovereign choice. And those of you who are believers in Jesus Christ are in the same boat. You are a believer in Jesus because God has chosen you to be a believer in Jesus. And friends, that is grounds for celebration. We get excited because we celebrate the presence of God in our life. In Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13, listen to this. The Bible says, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His beloved Son. God has transformed the life of every believer. And that's grounds for celebration. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4, the Bible tells us that God chose us if we're a believer from the foundation of the world, to be a part of His family. And in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 30, the presence of God is so vital and so important, the Bible says where two or three are gathered in His name, He is there in their presence. And He's here today. And so that's why we celebrate today. And I encourage you to join in celebrating with me the presence of God. In 1779, a man by the name of John Newton took verse 3 of this psalm 
and wrote a hymn, that's a glorious hymn, about faith in Jesus. Verse 1 says this, Glorious things of you are spoken, Zion, city of our God, he whose word cannot be broken, formed you for his own abode. Now, ladies and gentlemen, students, that's good theology. You were made for God. You were made for your life to abide in Him and His life to abide in you. Nobody could have known this and felt this any better than John Newton. He felt so unworthy to be called by God, to know God and walk with God and be set free. He wrote the the hymn, the familiar hymn, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound That Saved a Wretch Like Me. But not just John Newton. That's me. And I pray today that that's you. I pray that God's amazing grace has created a place in your heart where God lives. And He lives in your heart and you live in His heart. So celebrate the presence of God. How do you do that? Well, here's, let me just walk you through how how I celebrate the presence of God. I don't just do it on Sunday, although Sunday is an important time to celebrate the presence of God when the people of God are gathered. But I do this every day. I open the day with opening God's Word and reading God's Word. And I, I would recommend you do the same thing. You can't truly know the presence of God without knowing Him through His Word today. His written Word is the key to coming alive and living in His presence. So open up the day reading His Word, and then at the end of the day, don't close the day without looking at His Word. And the beginning of the day, you look at His Word and you say, God, use this Word. Use Your Holy Word to guide me through this day. Show me how to live according to Your Word. Convict me when I am tempted to step out of line with living in accordance with Your Word. But then at the end of the day, read His Word and look back on the day and say, God, is there anything you need to convict me about today from Your Word that I violated, that I've sinned against You? And if God convicts me, I confess that sin so I can sleep at night at peace, knowing that my sin has been forgiven. And so I can wake up the next day knowing that I'm connected to God and walking with Him. Not only, though, do I live and celebrate His Word at the beginning and end of every day, but I celebrate God through the remainder of the day, through all seasons of life, through sickness and sorrow and victories and defeats. No matter what I go through, I know that the presence of God is there to go with me. And so He's the God through the day. He's the light in the darkness of the day. He's the encouragement in the challenging times of the day. So celebrate God every day throughout the day. And then when we come together on the Lord's Day, on the first day of the week, on Sunday, as a corporate family, then celebration is significant. It means something. Because we know that our lives are connected to the presence of God and He's overflowing in us. And through us to other people as well. So celebrate the presence of God. The psalmist doesn't leave us there though. Secondly, celebrate the people of God. 
Psalm 87, verses 4 through 6. Among those who know me, I mention Rahab. Now, anytime you see Rahab mentioned in the Old Testament, it's a reference to Egypt. A reference to Egypt. So he says, Among those who know me, I mention Rahab and Babylon. Behold, Philistia and Tyre and Cush. This one was born there, they say. And of Zion it shall be said, This one and that one were born in her. For the Most High Himself will establish her. Verse 6, The Lord records as He registers the peoples. This one was born there. Selah. Three different times. The emphasis of the psalmist was on being born in God. Now, it's interesting that these nations that he mentions in verse 4, these are nations, if you look at a map, that literally surround Israel. I hope you're aware that, that God used ungodly nations surrounding Israel to bring His judgment upon Israel when Israel sinned. All of these nations were used by God to bring His judgment on Israel. Now pause there for just a minute. There are many things and situations and circumstances that God will use in your life to bring judgment upon you when you step out of His will as well. And anytime that happens, that can be a really bad thing, but it can also be a really good thing. If you look at the history of Israel, for example, in 605 B.C., those of you who are in our small group uh, sessions, our small group meetings, you know that we've been studying the book of Daniel. In 605 B.C., Nebuchadnezzar was chasing Egyptians back to Egypt. They had tried to invade Babylon. He was chasing them back to Egypt. And on his way back to chase the Egyptians away from Babylon, he came through Israel. And he realized that Israel had allied with Egypt. And so he destroyed a lot of Israel. He destroyed Jerusalem. And from 605 B.C. to 586 B.C., there were three sieges that Nebuchadnezzar led against Babylon, against uh, Israel. And he took captives back to Babylon. Now here's the important part of this story. Every time he carried captives back from Israel to Babylon, these captives, even though they were being punished by God, were faithful in their witness to God and for God. And so if you read the first four chapters of the book of Daniel, you'll see that even the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar himself, came to acknowledge and experience the true and living God because these captives who had been taken away from their homeland into Babylon were faithful in their witness for God. And the psalmist is celebrating that here. He's saying even the cities that God used that totally surround Israel to bring judgment have believers in God because God's people who were taken captive were faithful to knowing and loving God. Wherever God dwells is the epicenter of worship. 
And to be born in Zion is a special place. But for you and me today, for you and me today, when we're put into the context of a culture that defies God and rebels against God, and we stand true for God, there are going to be some people through our witness who are going to come to faith in the true and living God. And we can celebrate that as well, just as the writer of this psalm was celebrating the fact that even though he bemoaned Israel being taken captive, he celebrated the fact that everywhere captives were taken, the name of God was lifted up and glorified. But Jerusalem, Zion, is a very special place in the heart of God. In fact, the Bible says in Zechariah chapter 8, verses 20 to 23, listen to the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, People shall yet come, even the inhabitants of many cities. The inhabitants of many cities. The inhabitants of one city shall go to another, saying, Let us go at once to entreat the favor of the Lord and to seek the Lord of hosts. I myself am going. Many peoples and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem and to entreat the favor of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, In those days ten men from the nations of every tongue shall take hold of the robe of a Jew, saying, Let us go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. So in the midst of whatever trouble you may face, whatever trouble I may face, when we are faithful to walk with God through that trouble, It gets the attention of those who are far from God. And many will come to know God because of your witness, because of my witness. God's plan all along was for Israel to be the vehicle of God's blessing to the world. Israel wasn't supposed to be separate from the standpoint of exclusively knowing God and following God. The design in the heart of God was for Israel to be a conduit for other peoples, other nations to come to know Him. God's grace is boundless. Always has been, always is, and always will be. God's love is limitless. John 3.16, for God so loved what? The world, the nations, that He gave His one and only Son, His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God's love is limitless and boundless. And God will adopt people from all nations into His new Jerusalem. So celebrate the people of God. Celebrate those who have experienced new birth. There's some of you here today who have an opportunity today and this week to share a witness for Christ to those who may be far from God and those who may even be hostile toward God. Your calling is not to save people. Your calling is to be faithful in sharing a witness 
to people who are far from God so that God might draw them into his family as well. So along with the psalmist, celebrate the people of God. Earlier today, we had a young lady who followed Christ in baptism. This young lady named Allie Simmons had had a really rough, rough, rough life. The last four or five years have been extremely challenging for her. But by the grace of God and by the witness of God through the people of God, she understood her need for Christ. And today she took that first step in publicly professing her faith in Jesus Christ through baptism. What a glorious picture. What a glorious testimony that is for the power of God working in the lives of people in our day. Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever come to that point in your life where regardless of what's happened in the past, you have been willing to let God apply His grace and apply His mercy to your life and bring salvation to your heart so that you can profess faith in Jesus and publicly be a witness for Him transforming your life and changing your life. The man I mentioned earlier who wrote Amazing Grace and who wrote the hymn based on verse 3 of our psalm today, John Newton, he was a slave trader. He was a British slave trader who was out for nothing but money and wealth at the expense of the lives and souls of image bearers of God. And God radically transformed his life and saved him. And he became a prolific songwriter and preacher of the gospel as well. But that's no different from your story and, and my story. Regardless of what the, what the action of our life has been in the past, when we come to give our life to God through Jesus, then God celebrates you as one of His people. And we join together in celebrating the people of God. See, here's the point. Jesus came to earth, God in the flesh, lived a perfect life. He is God in the flesh. Because He lived a perfect life, He became the perfect sacrifice for your sin and my sin. He went to a cross and hung there, and His blood was shed to pay the price for the penalty of your sin. And when you put your faith and trust in Him, you become part of the people of God. Jesus died for imperfect people. He died for sinners like you and me. And then He left orders for us to go and share to people who are far from God so that they might come to know the same mercy and grace from God that you and I know. It's called the great commission that God gave to His followers. He told us to go and share the good news that there is life with a solid foundation. And that foundation is not anything of this world. It's not anything of human being. It's of God in the flesh being. It's a God thing. 
So celebrate today the people of God. Celebrate people being born into the family of God. Even people who are far, 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 far from God right now. Celebrate by praying for those who are in hard places where the gospel is rarely even heard. You might even pray that God would send you to one of those hard places to share the gospel. Or you provide your resources for the gospel to go to those hard places. When the psalmist prayed for Egypt and Babylon and Philistia and Tyre and Cush, he was praying for former enemies of God. And I trust and pray that that will be the heart that you have today. Because when you have that kind of heart, you can't help but celebrate. Celebrate the people of God. So we celebrate the presence of God. We celebrate the people of God. And finally this morning, we celebrate the present with God. Right now, look at verse 7. Singers and dancers alike say, All my springs are in you. I hope you're aware that all spiritual blessings flow from wherever God is worshipped. This psalm in verse 7 says singers and dancers, that's worship leaders as well as worshipers alike, join together to celebrate right now the present with God. His great glory will forever be displayed and we're going to have eternity to celebrate God, but we don't have to wait till then. We start now with celebrating the, the present with God. Intimate, awesome worship. I think you'll agree with me. It's a very special place. And different people celebrate the present in many different ways. But there's something special. Something very special about being aware that you are in the presence of God. Now, to this present hour, Jerusalem is and remains to be a, a city in which God has promised to display His power and His glory. The Bible clearly teaches that there is not just a past special place with Jerusalem and a present special place with Jerusalem, but a future present place with Jerusalem. It was where Abraham displayed faith in God. It was where Jesus was born uh, and died for the sins of the world. It was where Jesus arose from the dead. It was where Jesus sent His Holy Spirit to indwell the people of God. It was where God first established His church. It was where Jesus returns one day. He promised to return to Jerusalem to set up His earthly kingdom. So it will be the center of where Christ will reign forever and ever and ever. Jerusalem is a special place. But according to Revelation chapter 21, listen to this. This is the word of the Lord. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. The sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, 
and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be any mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things are passed away. Now here's the picture. The picture is when the new Jerusalem comes down and Jesus sets up his earthly throne to reign forever and ever and ever. There are going to be no boundaries on this world, on this earth. The boundaries are going to all be taken away. Every tongue, every tribe, every nation, including those of you who know Jesus, are going to be gathered together for eternity to worship and praise and serve the name and glory of the Lord. There's something special about Jerusalem, but there's also something even more special for me and for you about the new Jerusalem. The new Jerusalem today is God's special place for God's people. The new Jerusalem is synonymous with the people of God. The new Jerusalem is synonymous with the church, the church of God. That's why it's so important that you anchor your life in a local body of Christ, a Christian church where the gospel is preached and taught, where you can grow in your faith. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. Listen to what the Bible says. I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. What does that say? says, God is not finished with you yet. You're in a process of being molded more and more and more and more into the image of God through Jesus. And the future with God is bright. So celebrate the work of God in your present today. Celebrations are best, as I said before, when they include family. And God establishes His family. God loves His family. God sustains His family. And God is praised by His family. And that's what's so important about being a member of a church, being a part of the body of Christ. The church is God's family. The church is a place of belonging. To belong to God is to belong to His family. To belong to His church. And so I encourage you, join this church or join some other church where you can get involved and belong and be part of the developing process that God wants to work in us as His family. There's no loving God without loving His church. I mean, if you tell me you love me and you don't love my wife... <laughs> I don't believe you. You can't love me without loving my wife. We're one. You can't love God without loving His church. He died for the church. He gave His life for the church. He loves the church. You need to know the joy of knowing Jesus and being part of the joy of fellowshipping with His body, the church. And that brings us back to where we started today. In Psalm 87 and verse 1, 
The psalmist says, on the holy mount stands the city he founded. The foundation for God is the church. And the foundation for the church is faith in Jesus Christ. He is the one solid foundation. So you don't have life until you know God. And your life is built on that solid foundation. But verse 7 is the crescendo. It's the, the high point of this psalm. Again, he says, singers and dancers or worship leaders and worshipers alike say, all my springs are in you. In other words, flowing celebration just oozes out of those who know Christ and follow Christ and whose life is built on that solid foundation that God provides. So let me ask you today, Are all your springs in God? Is the joy of your life flowing from your relationship with God? It can be. It can be. And if that's true, it's not circumstantial. Nothing, nothing can steal your joy. Joy is loving what God loves. Joy is declaring what God has done for us and what He is doing in us. Joy is being who God calls us to be. Joy is loving being where God wants to be with His people. And joy is celebrating the glory of God. And so we celebrate today. Today is a day of celebration. Today is a day of joy. And my prayer for you is that you would let that joy flow out of your life because we can celebrate the presence of God, we can celebrate the people of God, and we can celebrate the present with God. And I trust that's your story today. Father, thank you that you continue to call us to Yourself. Your love is so great, we we can't even comprehend the greatness of Your love. Your mercy is so generous. There's no way we could ever thank You enough for Your mercy. God, today I pray that Your love and Your mercy and Your grace is the testimony of every person here. And I pray that as we continue to celebrate, God, that that joy of knowing you and worshiping you and celebrating you will continue to come out through our worship and through our lives. In Jesus' name now, we continue to worship. Amen.